<laughs> How's everyone doing today? Come on, it's great to be with you. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap today. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, I want to welcome everybody here, especially if you're watching online. It is a privilege to be with you as well. Uh, my name is Jeremy, one of the pastors here. A lot of you know me. been here for about seven years now. I can't believe it, but it's been such a thrill and so excited to be able to just work alongside all of you uh, for, for, for Jesus' namesake. Amen. A lot of great things are happening at this church, and we're just so blessed to be a part of Journey Church. The Lord does so many wonderful things, seeing lives changed seeing people just touched by God and just seeing generosity flow as your, as your, your faithfulness to, the, to, to Jesus. And then uh, the journey church is a means of God's grace in the earth. Just awesome things are happening all the time. And I'm just so excited. So we're actually beginning a new series today. And Pastor Jay asked me to, to, to kind of open up this series. Uh, yesterday was his birthday. So happy birthday, Pastor Jay. Uh, but he asked me to, yeah, let's give Pastor Jay a hand clap. we got a great pastor. Yeah, he's a great man. Y'all saw him on uh, Facebook. He was doing a CrossFit competition. He's a beast. You know, he's, <laughs> he's like in the office, he makes us lay down and he, and he presses us. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so your turn, Jeremy. No. Um, but he asked me to open this series on the Holy Spirit Life Coach and, you know, the, the means of and, and the reasons uh, behind uh, the, the requirement that God has for us in the Holy Spirit and our, actu and our actual need for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we're going we're gonna to read real quick the, uh, out of Ephesians 5, verse 15. And we're just going to kind of comment as we go. And, and, and I have quite a, a technical message, if I could say it that way. And, and so today, uh, it's not going to be the most practical message you've ever heard in your life. It's gonna, we're going to go through it carefully, and I'm going to go slow. And I really like to kind of uncover some things in the, the, in, in the character of the Holy Spirit and, the, and, and what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. And, and because of we're dealing with something that's controversial and something that is unfair familiar, I, I really want to go through it slow. And I'm not exaggerating. I've spent at least 100 hours uh, studying and wrestling through this over the, over the last year. And I'm actually excited to be able to, to try my best to articulate in, in, in 35 minutes what I've done in an hour. That's extremely difficult. And some of you are laughing, but, but because it's... Um, we, we need to be careful as we navigate through the New Testament, and we're going to look at what it is, and I'm just going to ask the Lord to just be with us. But listen, as you hear the term like technical, and you know, we're going to really deal with the scripture, like don't tighten up, you know, it's actually extremely appropriate for us to look at the Bible in technical ways at at certain times. And listen, doctors do it. They get extremely technical with anatomy, with the physical anatomy and science. And they're extremely technical over certain mathematicians, accountants. Can you imagine an accountant not being technical, not being absolute, you know? And we would have some major problems. And when we're dealing with the Bible, we should actually appropriately approach things in a technical way. Now, look, that's not saying we're going to be, uh, we're going to divorce the, 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 the knowledge of God from the spirit. Of God, like we're gonna have this awesome flow of what the Bible teaches and the ministry of the Spirit. And so we're just gonna take a moment, let's pray, and then we're gonna read the text, and we're just gonna ask the Lord to speak to each and every one of us. Father, I'm grateful, Lord, that you have called each and every one of us into the kingdom for such a time as this. I pray, Lord, that as a people, uh, that we would be ones who would be valiant. 
Lord, that we would be a people who would love the Lord our God with all our heart, strength, soul, Lord, and our minds. I pray that our minds, Lord, would be able to grasp firmly the, the, the message that will be spoken today. I pray that it would bring liberty. I pray that it would bring life. I pray that the Spirit of God would fall in this place, Lord, afresh. I pray that ones in this room, Lord, would hear, Lord, and be encouraged to go home and to be still before the Lord and find you in the quiet place. And in the quiet place, Lord, we would be found to receive, Lord, a blessing from God. Lord, I pray that we would have an encounter with Jesus today. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everyone said. Amen, amen. So we're going to go to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And again, we're dealing with the Holy Spirit and a little bit more accurately today. We're going to deal with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a very biblical uh, uh, phrase. Like you don't have to get uh, uncomfortable. But we're going to just work through it. And, and we're going to just make some comments, as I said, as we go. So uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Look carefully. Man, a lot of us need to look at our lives and see what we're doing. Look carefully how you walk. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but be wise. So look, take an analysis of what you're doing in your life. This is what Paul is saying. Hey, what are you doing? Look at it. Pay attention. Look Carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise. Don't be unwise. So pay attention to what you're doing and calculate by the Spirit of God, whether it's unwise but as wise, making the best use of our time because the days are evil. In Sri Lanka, Kelly, I think it was three, 400 people that were killed systematically at the same time by the enemy of God. The days are evil, so we should be wise, not unwise, making the best use of our time. The days are extremely evil, therefore, because the days are evil, therefore, do not be foolish. Don't be a fool, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You need to understand what God's will is for your life specifically, for the life of your family, for the life of the church for what God is wanting to do in the earth. So don't be a fool. Know what's happening. Look, consider, wrestle with it. Then he says, and do not be drunk with wine. And do not be drunk with wine. Well, that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Be, don't be drunk with wine. How do you get drunk with wine? You keep drinking. <laughs> So I've heard. <laughs> no, no, seriously, I've never been drunk. So uh, seriously, so I've heard. <laughs> Some of you are like, well, I know. Stop that. All right. So don't be drunk with wine. Don't. Stop that. Seriously. <laughs> that was not supposed to be a joke. Okay. Do not be drunk with wine. Okay. How, again, how do you get drunk? You, ke you keep on doing something. Okay. That, that is debauchery. Okay, it's evil. So then Paul is, he's comparing the filling of wine and what it does to the filling of the Holy Spirit and what it does. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled. And in the Greek, it's like there's a continuous 
uh, structure of this, of this sentence, of this command to when you're filled, keep on being filled. Don't be drunk with wine, but keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always. Giving thanks always, not just in good times or not just in bad times, not just when you're actually feeling thankful or you've been blessed, but giving thanks always and for everything. You know, we could actually talk about that. What about hard times? Are you thankful for hard times? Well, just pause right there and you just write that down. Think about it later. Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ, out of reverence for Christ. So today I want to deal actually with just, really with verse, verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled. And really this is what we're talking about, the filling of the Holy Spirit. An extremely tough subject to navigate through in the light of the New Testament. Am I right, Heath? It's an extremely uh, technical and how to navigate through it. And people get all up, uptight whenever we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But three questions I would like to answer today. Who is the Holy Spirit? So don't be drunk with wine, so we know wine, but who is the Spirit? What is the Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? So who is the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or filled? What is Paul talking about? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, we're going to work through baptism and filled. Okay, who is, who is the individual? Who is the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and how, okay, how. First of all, the Holy Spirit, he is not a force. It's not, you know, in the Star Wars, the force is with us, this immaterial object that we can kind of control and use to our own advantage, and it would actually be cool to be able to like, hey, I need that, that would be cool, uh, but, but, but the holy, thank you for that sort of laugh, uh, but uh, the Holy Spirit is not a force, but a person, okay, in John 14, verse 17, we see personality traits and characteristics and attributes. It says that he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he dwells with you. Okay, the Holy Spirit is someone who dwells and, and lives amongst us and moves amongst us. Okay, in verse 26 it says that he teaches us. Okay, he, he the, 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 one of the main objectives of the Holy Spirit is to point us to Jesus. Jesus says, Pastor Jay has mentioned this in the past when he's talked about the, the, the Holy Spirit, is that Jesus, he said, hey, I'm going to go away. It's really good that I go to the Father. I'm going to give you a, a helper. Another paraclete is the word. I'm going to bring a, a, another. There, there's going to be some, something of the same kind. Like the Holy Spirit is coming. So he is the one who instructs us in the ways of God. He teaches us. He, and in, in, in actually in, in, in chapter 16 of John, verse 8, it says that he convicts the world of sin and of righteousness. He brings conviction the way a person would. He, he confronts us. He will oppose us at times. He will resist us. He can be grieved. You can offend him. 
He has, he has a kind of a dynamic relationship with us that he wants to lead and guide us. But again, pointing us to Jesus. The, uh, a, a classic uh, definition of or part of the Holy Spirit is what we would say, okay, there is a trinity. The trinity is kind of a, a term, it's an extra biblical word, meaning it's not in the Bible, but it's describing the relationship that God has with himself. And so if we could throw that definition up there, it says, in the one being of God, in the one, okay, so we, we as Christians serve one God, in the one being of God, so there is one God, there is one God, and the one being of God, there exists eternally. So forever and ever and ever, God has existed in this being. There exists eternally three co-equal. So they are perfectly in unity. They are, there, there is, there, there's a perfect relationship there. They, there exists eternally three co-equal and co-eternal persons. So in the one being of God, there exist three persons of God. There is this amazing fellowship between the three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Son was not created, okay? The Son was not someone that was created. The Holy Spirit is not one who is created. He is God. He is literally manifesting himself in the earth pointing to Jesus, and Jesus, as the, Jesus is the image of God in the earth. It says that in Colossians. So, who is the Holy Spirit? Simply, he is God. It is the Holy Spirit of God in the earth, dwelling and living with us. Okay, so, what does it mean to be baptized into the Holy Spirit? Okay, this is where it's going to get a little bit technical, and I'm going to ask you, just relax. <laughs> Again, that was not a joke. <laughs> I tell my kids sometimes when they get mad, I'm like, just breathe, just take, just take a breath, and we're going to work through this, and I'm going to trust that the Lord is going to ignite you on fire, and that the Lord would literally come and just equip you and just be, be with you, and that you would know that there is something to be received, Okay. But what does it mean to be baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Ghost? Okay. First of all, the term baptism, it, it, I, I really want to address three times that it is used. Okay. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, Paul is using the term baptism there. And he says, um, and he's basically, without reading the, the, okay, there it is right there. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. In one spirit, we were baptized into one body. So the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus, is baptizing us in the Holy Spirit, and we are saved. This is the Spirit of God that is upon every single person as we are now a part of the family of God. So when we are Christians and we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2, right, we're changed. There's something about us that is different. We are now, in, we are now adopted into the family of God. We are adopted by a means of a baptism, okay? This is what Paul is talking about here. The second baptism is after you are saved, there is another baptism, water baptism. John the Baptist 
actually is the one who kind of coined this term, baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says, listen, I baptize you with water, but he who is coming after me is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so for the second baptism is a, a display, it's an outward display of an inner work. So in, in the next service, we're going to have a water baptism for people who are testifying that their lives have been changed. They are now a part of the family of God. And we look at this and we celebrate what God has done. Okay, this is a baptism where any disciple, it does not have to be a pastor. It has to be a disciple who baptizes in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We they go in. And John is saying, I'm baptizing with water. There's someone else who is, there's, there's another baptism where he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I, John, the disciple, is baptizing in water, okay, and then there, he, so that means Jesus is, he, Jesus is the only one who baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the, the term or the phrase baptism of the Holy Spirit is used in the New Testament seven times. That's it, seven times. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is used seven times. It is used by three different individuals. John the Baptist is quoted John the Baptist did not write a book, but it was written about him in, in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So just hang on with me. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are quoting John the Baptist. We already quoted that. The, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John quoted, hey, John said, I baptize with water. He will baptize in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so there's once. So there's four times. There's the, four times there's the mention of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then there's three other times where it's used by two different authors. In the, in, in throughout the rest of the New Testament. Luke, who actually wrote the book of Luke, Luke uses it and Paul uses it. I'm going to argue today that the term baptism of the Holy Spirit is being used by Luke and Paul two different ways. One of them is referring to the four and then one of them is referring to something else. And that's okay. We can use the same phrase to mean two different things. In the last service I said, hey, listen, you know, if, if I were to have someone in my office and I were to say, how are you doing? You know, and, 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 and what really determines the meaning of a phrase or a word is its context, okay? It's very important when we're reading the Bible. So if I were to sit with you in my office and I were to say, you know, we have soft music playing, it's a counseling session, whatever, I say, how's it going? You would begin to, 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 to tell me things about your life or if the, whatever's weighing you down and you, we would talk about things. But, okay, so I would want to draw something out of you. That would be the meaning of my question and you would uh, uh, develop what's happening in your life. But imagine the same person, you and I are walking in the hall and we're walking past each other. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Like, I'm not looking to hear your story, right? <laughs> Like, the meaning of that is just, it's just a greeting. Like, how you doing? Like, I got somewhere to go, right? You understand that. Like, words, are, it's okay for to, for to say the same thing using two different things. Or like, hey, what's up? You know, like, I could actually mean, hey, what's going on? Or it could be like, hey, you want to fight? You know, so, so, what's up? You know what I'm saying? So the same phrase can be taken in two different ways. So, again, seven times by three authors, and I want to look at it. I want to look at 
what is happening. And it is, again, it's very appropriate to look at what Paul is commanding in Ephesians 5.18. Paul is saying, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it is appropriate, I think, for us to look at kind of a, 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 a satellite view of what the New Testament teaches. So, again, my phrase is that my... my, 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 my um, my view today is that the term, or the phrase, baptism of the Holy Spirit is used in two different ways. Paul, and we already quoted it in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, is talking about that initial baptism that we talked about. Three baptisms. The bapt- salvation, the water baptism, and then there's something else. And we're going to get to that third one in just a moment. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, Paul says that we are, there is a baptism that the Holy Spirit that we, again, John 6, that we, we come to God. Nobody can come to the Father unless the Spirit is doing a work of drawing in their hearts. The Spirit is doing something. We are baptized into the family of God. That phrase, baptism of the Holy Spirit, is talking about salvation. That is, that is undeniable. Everyone agrees that that is talking about when the believer is being saved. And the second part of the verse says whether Jew or Greek. Like, listen, everyone can be saved. All of those who are far off, who trust in the name of Jesus, who are called by the Holy Spirit, they will be saved. They're baptized into the family of God. We call ourselves brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's used like that in the New Testament. We are in the same family. We are all adopted sons and daughters of God. We have been baptized into the family of God, okay? So, again, then after that baptism, then there's, there's this baptism, the, the water baptism, and then there's something else. And then Luke, so Paul means, Paul uses the phrase baptism of the Holy Spirit referring to salvation. Luke means something different. Luke is referring to a second experience with God. Luke is referring to, to what John the Baptist said of Jesus. I baptize you in water, but Jesus is going to do something. And, well, why do you say that? Okay, in the book of Acts chapter 1, we're going to go to Acts chapter 1, verse uh, 4. We're going to start in verse 4. So this is Luke's. This is Luke's account. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Okay, so here's the picture of, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, they tell the story of the death and resur- the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, that the whole book, all of the books, are about Jesus. It's about his work and ministry. Then after Jesus died, he ro- in, in the Gospels, we see the death and the resurrection. We celebrated that last week. And the book of Acts, Luke, wrote the book of Acts. He also wrote the book of Luke. And he's kind of picking up. He's picking up where he left off. Okay? So Jesus, after he rose from the dead, he appeared to all his disciples, and he had some things to tell them and instruct them in, and just awesome things were happening. And Luke, this is his account. He says in verse 4, and he says, and while, staying, uh, and, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart. He's talking about Jesus staying with them as the disciples. And while staying with them, he ordered them. He didn't ask them. He ordered them. Not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. They were to to stay and wait for the promise of the Father. Okay, what is the promise of the Father? So then Luke says, which you heard from me. Okay, so Jesus is saying now, the promise of the Father, this is an Old Testament promise of the Father 
that John the Baptist talked about in the Gospels. And that promise was this. You heard from me, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus is saying, listen, John said there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit that's coming. I'm saying it's coming, and it's coming soon. So you wait. Wait, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is coming. This is universally agreed upon to point to Acts chapter 2. Many of you know it, the day of Pentecost. When did it fully come? In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, this is what Luke was saying. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hey, you heard the, hey, stay and wait. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is coming not many days from now. And then not many days from now, they were in one accord. In Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived... It says, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. There was something that came on each and every one of them. Okay, and it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. All right, check this out. So in Acts chapter 1, Luke is saying, hey, Jesus said, hey, wait, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is coming. And then when Luke is talking about what happened at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he said there's a filling. So the, Luke is kind of using synonymously these two terms, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit. He said, look, you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You were filled with the Holy Spirit. You were submerged. The God himself came upon you. Now, this kind of gets a little, a, little, a little weedy. I don't know the right word to say. This gets, a, 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 again, technical because once the initial filling of the disciples, of the, of the apostles, once they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, the, the, the term baptism of the Holy Spirit was never used again, only the term filling, the constant filling. So the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then after that, they were filled with the Holy Spirit on many, many occasions. In Acts chapter 4, just a little bit later, 4.8, it says, Peter is again, okay, the term is, Peter is again filled with the Holy Spirit and speaks with such power that the Jewish leaders were amazed at his boldness. Okay, so Peter, who was the one who was baptized, he was in that upper room, he was baptized again, and he had such boldness and power. Acts chapter 4, verse 30, 31, a little bit later on, it says the disciples were praying, and the place where they were was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The disciples, it's the same way, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 6 says then we meet this guy named Stephen, who was a man full of the Holy Spirit, who was being filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 9, verse 17, says Paul, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He, there was these fillings that constantly came upon the church. Acts chapter 11, verse 24, Barnabas, he was full of the Holy Spirit and faith. He was full of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 13, verse 9, Paul, again, was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And if you look at all of these reference to the filling of the Holy Spirit, after they were filled, dynamic and powerful things happen. So again, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the filling of the Holy Spirit? It's simply this. It's simply a filling of the Spirit of God upon the individual that gives that individual um, an amazing aspect for uh, Christian ministry, for life and godliness, for growing and holiness, boldness, for Christian, uh, for the proclamation and the testimony of Jesus. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are given power, Acts chapter 1-8, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, okay? So there is a power that comes upon you. So here's the question I would ask for you. Just think about it, write it down, go home, and just go think. Do you have power? Okay? Is there power in your life? Or are you able to do things merely on your own? And, and the church is filled with people who operate in their own strength. And, the, and I'm reminded even in the Old Testament, it says that God says he was sick of the assembly because they did everything in their own strength. The, again, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it seems that Luke is writing that a believer is baptized one time in the Holy Spirit. And it's almost like he's referring to the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the initial encounter with God after salvation. And after that, he always refers to it as being filled. So the question is, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? Have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? If you haven't, I would encourage you to seek him. If you have, then the next question would, would, would lead to, when was the last time you were filled? Are you constantly being filled? So the, then the question is, the next question I want to deal with, so again, who is the Holy Spirit? He's God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, well, what is it? It is an endowment with power. It is the filling afresh constantly of the Spirit of God in our life. So how do I receive it? Now, I, I really wish, like, there was, like, some kind of appendix there in the Bible that says, hey, listen, this is step one, two, and three, and it's done. Like, even when I got married, it would have been so much easier if there was, like, some kind of, you know, paper that says, hey, you know, do these for your wife, and she will always be happy, right? But the fact of the matter is that in relationships, there is a kind of a dynamic move. There is this flow. There is this romance. There is this step. There is a dance to it, and it's, and it's not... It's not spelled out for us in our personal relationships with our spouses or our loved ones. It's, it, 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 it's organic. It moves. In the New Testament, there is not do one, two, three, and four, and you will receive. This is it. Once you get your four steps, you're done. You have it, and you just keep repeating those, and that's it. There seems to be clues you, you know, your spouses may give you clues in how to love them in a deeper way, how to, to, to serve them. There are clues in the New Testament of how to seek and to be filled and to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. These clues, I would think, and again, out of Acts chapter 1, is the first one I would say is to stay. And Jesus said, he says, listen, and then Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and while staying with them, he said, he ordered them, don't depart. 
I think one of the reasons that we are not baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit is because we don't stay. We actually move on to something else. It's like we don't have the kind of focused mentality that I need to be filled with God. Like that theme of being filled with God is so far from us. It's that, okay, well, I just, I need to think more. I need, I need to, I could, I could deal with this out of the natural calculations of my own mind. By my own might, I can do things. And you know what? You probably can. A lot of great things are done out of human strength. But I wonder how far God is from us. Jesus said, he says, hey, don't leave. Stay. The baptism will come. A filling will come. I would just encourage you wherever you are, if you, again, the two different themes. One, if you have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, stay on the theme and seek God for the theme. Seek God for an encounter. And if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I say, hey, when was the last time you were filled with power and you just felt like, and there was this, something came upon you, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God came upon you and made you an effective witness or your time your time of communion with God was just enriched. You were not only to be able to go a mile wide and an inch deep, but you were able to go deep within God and actually commune. As it says, uh, Henry Skugel, he said, true religion is... True religion is the union of the soul with God. You know, just last Wednesday, my wife went to, she went and spoke at this thing in Dallas, and my kids were, um, my kids were gone, we had a babysitter, and I was preparing for a life group. I was extremely exhausted, just, you know, what? I, I wasn't sleeping, because all my kids don't like to sleep, so they like to hang out with me at two in the morning, and so I was tired, so I go home, I leave, I leave, I leave work, go home. And I'm laying on my bed, it's kind of everything is ready, and I'm just laying on my couch. And I was in no means of being, um, you know, quote unquote, seeking God. But I'm telling you, in that moment, this is what I'm saying, there's not a, it's not a, there's not a rhythm. But I've been faithful to God, and I, I just, not to talk. I'm laying on my couch sleeping, and I'm telling you, there was a communion with God where the Holy Spirit fell upon me in my room. And I began to speak, literally as I'm sleeping, I, I, I knew my heart was awake and I was able to commune with God and, and, and just serving and rejoicing and honoring and blessing God as I was sleeping and yet I knew it was happening. And I just felt in my sleep the presence of God coming. And this is like on my couch, like, you know, but how many times are we staying like with focused energy and attention? And those things, there are times, when, and I believe there are times when we need to be hungry lovers pursuing God. God, seeking to be alone. But then there are also times when God will engage you. And, and, and both will happen. Both will happen. You will be engaged by God. Oh, I, the Lord came to me. I didn't come to him that day. Stay and wait, don't move. The, sex, the, the, the next one is, you heard from um, verse 4, hey, don't depart. But it says, but wait. I think one of the major issues with the church is that we have forgotten how to wait. Jesus says, and when you pray, go into your closet, shut the door. Don't go anywhere. Close the door. Um, forget everybody else. Go alone and meet with God, and your Father who sees in secret will reward, reward you openly. Staying and waiting, staying, stay, focused attention, waiting upon God until you meet with God. 
I think the next thing is to be obedient, obedient and believe that we would, be, we would obey what God has for us. In all the Bible, all the revelation that God gives, we would search the scriptures and, try, and do our best to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with passion, with our soul, and our, and our mind. We would give him all that we are. We would be obedient. We would be honoring. And the next one is worship. Awesome things happen when we worship. Worship seems to be a key that unlocks a kind of romantic relationship. It's like when you get married, or let's keep going back to the relationship with a husband and a wife, but you dance together. When you dance and two lovers are looking at each other in the eyes and moving to the same beat, there's this kind of romance that they begin to be, there's, their souls begin to be in, intertwined. and they, They're loving and their affection, they're looking into the souls of each other. Something amazing is happening. And in worship, that's what it is. Tozer, A.W. Tozer, he said that uh, worship is the, the ascent of the affections for the beauty of God. It is when we look and we say, he's so beautiful and wonderful. And when we start doing that, man, there's something that's going to happen and move. Would you bow your heads? I'm just going to ask real quick, for, for how many of you um, would say that you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit? You've never had an encounter. And, and again, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know. You're, you're not... You know, it's not something that happens to you secretly. Like even if you're sleeping and something comes upon you, you will know. If you've never been, and I, look, there's no shame here. I'm not, I mean, I'm just, I'm just curious. Maybe it's just because we haven't saw it. But how many of you would say, hey, I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit in, in, in just in, in some time. Would you just raise your hand? Can I see your hands? I see you. I see you. I see you. Yeah. Okay, hey, thank y'all for being honest. There's hands up all over the place. Okay, well, I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to pray right now. Uh, and, and in a little while, prayer partners are going to come, and I would just encourage you to come and just meet with God if that's necessary for you. But I'm going to pray right now that the Lord would make you extremely hungry, that you would search until you find. Father, I thank you, Lord, for my friends. I pray, Lord, that you would just fill them, Lord, that in seeking, they would find. I pray, Lord, that you would make them so hungry, so desperate, that a boldness, that an, that an intensity would come upon, Lord, your people to seek and be found by God. I pray that they would be filled with boldness. I pray that the, the Spirit of God would live and dwell and move in their beings. I pray, Lord, that you would make them mighty witnesses for God. I pray, Lord, that you would transcend every problem. I ask God that you would come and that you would flow like a mighty river into their lives. Lord, that they would be a effective for God, that they would make much of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that they would search diligently the scriptures and that they would have a conviction that a filling of the Holy Spirit is possible and needed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.